0: craft brewers welching on a donation to sierra nevada
1: guns and rosé yeah this is gonna be a fight welcome to the jungle motherfuckers monks start brewing after 200 years off hope they washed out the kettle this is it's all beer Welcome to It's All Beer. If it's news and you can drink it, then we'll bloody well talk about it. I'm Jeremy Jones.
0: I'm Tyler Zimmerman. How you doing, Tyler? Oh, pretty good. How are you, Jeremy?
1: It's been a good day. I had, uh, I think, probably the best line ever uttered in my tap room uh, uh, was spoken today. Yeah? What was it? Um, So I had a gentleman in who uh, got two or three uh, uh, cups into, uh, into the day, and I don't know how the conversation drifted towards quantum physics, but... That's apparently a thing that Like you do. You you get a couple of beers in you and, you know, one thing leads to another and quantum physics comes up. And he was talking about a discussion he was having with, uh, with somebody else until he jumped out of the bar stool and screamed, quantum physics does not, and this is not an exact quote, this is best I can replicate, quantum physics does not mean there are two separate universes, you malignant tumor. The math doesn't work that way. I don't remember. He went more into the math. By this point in time, I was laughing so hard I couldn't stand up. So. Yeah, well, I'll take his word for it. <laughs> so just uh, beer and quantum physics. That's a thing. So uh, it's uh, that's a good day. Tyler, what are we drinking here today?
0: Uh, so you were able to actually acquire some of Unknown Brewing Company's uh, Dry Hop Radler, uh, which if you listened to the last episode, we talked about Unknown Brewing Company's Van Theft Auto.
1: Uh, yes, my my parents were actually in the city when uh, that went down, and uh, still
0: think his dad did it.
1: <laughs> oh, he certainly did. That's why I don't think he paid for these beers. He just
0: <laughs> found them the, in the back of the van,
1: pretty much. Um, this is a, yeah, this is Sunrise over Phuket. It's a dry hopped Rattler. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't this. I it's. I think we both had the same reaction when we when we poured it. First of all, it's murky as all get out. It looks like a
0: glass of grapefruit juice almost mm-hmm. i i was almost expecting more like soda fruit flavor coming through that's exactly what i thought i thought it was going to be
1: like a very fruity um very fruity rattler with that was complemented by the hops but it's not that at all i was thinking like a hoppier steagle rattler that's kind of what i th- yeah or steagle rattler with like grapefruit hops but that's not yeah. what i'm getting what i'm getting is it's got a like a light bready base Kind of a grassy, piney hop flavor. I, if you told me this was a rat without any knowledge, I wouldn't say this was a rattler. I don't get much in the way of the soda at all.
0: No, I honestly, I'd say it's just a lighter body, easy drinking pale ale. And I think we both had the
1: same reaction when we tasted it. We were both kind of like, uh, hmm, this is okay. But I I, it, I don't know. It's, it's growing. growing on me. Yeah. it's it, The grapefruit starts to come out more as it warms up and it's like a nice... It's like a light, refreshing IPA, but without the IPA?
0: Yeah, I mean, I would crush through this on a patio in, like, 85-degree weather. And, I mean, the hops kind of add a little bit of
1: balance. So, I guess in a roundabout way, well done, Unknown Brewing. Um, and thank you to... Uh, you've
0: confused us a little y- bit. You've
1: confused the shit out of us, but... Um, uh, that- it's all beer. <laughs> and thank you, Mom and Dad, for uh, bringing it back to me.
0: Yeah, thank you, Papa and Mama <laughs> Jones. <laughs> Uh, Tyler, want to get us started today? Yeah. Um, we'll start off with, as most people remember, uh, Sierra Nevada brewed the Resilience IPA after the fires that tore through uh, Butte County in California. Uh, they opened the recipe up to any brewer brewery that wanted to make it, could make it. There was one caveat. They just had to donate 100% of the proceeds made from selling that beer back to Sierra Nevada. And how awesome. has that worked out? <laughs> it Awesome cause. Great publicity for most of the breweries that ended up doing it. Uh, one little hiccup though. Uh, on Tuesday, according to an uh, article on Vine Pear, uh, and I actually saw this pop up on Twitter on Tuesday as well from the world's worst beer blog, uh, the CEO, uh, oh, vice president, sorry, of Sierra Nevada. Kim Grossman, sent out an email thanking brewers who have fulfilled their financial commitments to the campaign, and then adds that the fund is still awaiting more than half the donations. That's uh, a lot. <laughs> the deadlines for the donations were May 14th. Apparently, some beer community members said uh, it's fucked up that he's calling them out. But in my mind, I'm like, I haven't seen a Resilience IPA on really anywhere for a couple months now. How... And... You deserve to be called out. In my mind, he should have called the breweries out who haven't donated by name and been like, hey, fuckers, you got all this great press from us? Why aren't you donating like you said you would?
1: Well, it strikes me that the deal was pretty cut and dry. Here's the recipe, here's the here's the rules and if you here's where you donate. Yeah. And if you want to if you want to brew this beer with us, that's awesome and we'd love to have you, but here are the rules and if you don't um you know, then don't. But
0: and I know like our brewery has done a couple beers where we have donated off of. We didn't do a Resilience IPA, but we've got a Logger and we did an, I, another IPA for another local charity. Um where a portion gets donated back, and it's super easy to track. You look at your point of sale and go, okay, how many pints did I sell this month? We're donating this percentage off that. How many kegs of it or bottles or cans or whatever you did sold outside? We're doing a percentage of that. In this case, it's 100% of either one, so you just look at the total number and you write out a check and send it off or go to the online link and go, Fifty percent, though, seems like a lot. I feel like
1: a lot of breweries have just forgotten that was the deal, maybe. I have no idea. That I mean, 50 percent uh, 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 of the people who are participating that either forgot or are not doing it, that seems like there's something wrong in the,
0: in the whole deal there. The number was this outstanding to me, and I was like, this is not a good look for craft brewers. No, it really isn't, because it's... I was like, you guys look like greedy, money hungry pricks. Or,
1: well, I mean, that was one side of the corn. Or you're just you you just look like completely disorganized buffoons. Which you know, some some breweries uh, that's not, not out of the question, I suppose. But that's yeah, you're you're right. That is a little bit disheartening that uh,
0: that the number is that low. It's kind of a come on, craft brewers be better. I'm just looking up to see when Resilience was released. I started seeing it on taps earlier I'd say what about November December uh see an article from craftbeer dot com on December fourteenth Sierra Nevada releases resilience iPA the beer to support rebuilding after the campfire so I'm assuming yeah November uh early part of December last part of November and I really stopped seeing it around town. February, March. Sounds about right. So so you're telling me that right after April 1st, how are you not pulling up your reports from whenever it tapped to whenever that last cake sold and say, okay, here we go. Let's send off that donation. Mm-hmm. This is actually posing some issues because... Mm-hmm. There are still 10,000 people without homes there because of this fire. Uh, They've already raised about $2.5 million in in that fund to help the relief efforts. So it's still missing another $2.5 million. But with this here, it was talking about if they don't get the rest of these donations coming in, they're going to have to try to get creative to find temporary homes for the people still displaced from their house while they're rebuilding. Oh, wow. So, step your game up. <laughs> I,
1: craft brewers, if you brewed that, and I, I kind of, I, I, I don't know, it's it shitty that I kind of want them to call these breweries out a little bit just to, I mean, if, if for no other reason than just to say, hey, uh, Here's, we didn't get your money, and so... They'll get it then. Or, or maybe or maybe even, hey, so we're releasing the names of all the breweries who didn't on June 1st. So maybe... Email us if
0: you need to know if you made <laughs> that donation.
1: I mean, is that is that shitty of me that I kind of want that, but no,
0: because not really? I, I truly do want it because... How many breweries did you see that brewed this beer and then like posted, Hey, this is the Resilience IPA. Quite a few. We're brewing it. Come by, drink some pints, support a good cause. They're getting all that free fucking press. Y- you gotta get some of the negative goodwill if you welch on that.
1: Well, I'm I'm sure that nobody in our fair city would have ever done that. I'm almost certain of that. I'm really hoping. <laughs> I just hope there's nobody
0: listening that's going, fuck you guys, we don't have any money, shut your, shut your cake hole. You should, if you agreed to brew that, you should no, you have should. already... Just each month or each cake that got sold been setting that money aside because you agreed to it.
1: Yeah, but again, I think money management is not exactly your forte. If you're in craft beer, ask anybody who's in craft beer. But, I mean, you're not wrong.
0: But this is a (laughs) one-off you should have been expecting. And some companies actually donated... Like, I know Great Western Malting was donating some malt to some brewers to brew this beer. So... If you just did a money grab,
1: that's fucked up. If you did a money, money grab, it's fucked up, and I hope your next batch gets infected. Like, with something kind of nasty. Pedococcus, for example. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a beer geek joke. Only a few of you will know that one, but... <laughs> okay, well, let's try to get on to something a little more lighthearted and positive. All right, well,
1: I this is not it. Rock stars being dicks
0: news now. <laughs>
1: <Woo>! <laughs> um,
0: let's just dwell on this misery for a little bit
1: longer you know uh, if, if this is fun so uh, or maybe our one rabid fan actually demanded that we do this story uh erica this is for you all right guns and roses which is essentially a a, a touring bingo parlor with rupees as near as i can tell anymore <laughs> they are suing wait they still tour i may might oh, fuck i look if uh if, if what is if Aerosmith is still doing shit, and if Metallica is still doing shit, they can wheel these corpses up on stage and plow, plow through Welcome to the Jungle one more damn time. <laughs> or maybe they. And eventually they're gonna die. Or maybe they don't. Maybe that's why this lawsuit is happening. Um, so, yes, Guns N' Roses. Um, suing Oscar Blues for their uh, beer, Guns N' Rose. It is a beer that's described as a uh, sticky prickly pear. And floral hibiscus ale, um, so colored by colored by flowers and essentially a a fruit beer. Yes, um, this all started when the brewery in uh, last year tried to copyright the name, and uh, that's when the uh, the band and especially Axl Rose, um, they that's when they found out about it and threw a bit of a fit. But it's not Guns and Rose, it's Guns and Rose, but the, it's got the little schwa. It's got the schwa. It's, yeah. It does indeed have just the schwa, and if I know Oscar Blues, probably something pithy around the uh, lip of the can.
0: Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember, because I have had this beer. Oh, have you? I have not um, had it. It was okay. Wasn't my favorite. I'm not a, like, rosé ale fan. Uh, but I remember looking at the can and being like, huh, wonder if they partnered with Guns N' Roses. Otherwise, they're probably going to get in some shit. Well, see, I'm, that's... A and fun. here's the and, shit.
1: And... and like and here it is look up above you Oscar Blues here comes the shit um no that that was among their complaints was is, is that people are just going to assume that Guns and Roses is associated with Oscar Blues which i don't know for me personally if someone accidentally assumed i was with, a partnering with Oscar Blues i would kind of i would lean into it there are worse organizations to accidentally be associated with Yeah but with. if you ain't getting a little bit of that kickback coming there is so yes the well their complaint not so much not so much the losses, although they are requesting a uh, a portion of all the sales from uh, Guns N' Roses. Um, their big their complaint is that they are that Oscar Blues is capitalizing on the goodwill, which I think you're dealing with that pretty well right now. Guns N' Roses, the prestige, which. <laughs> I don't know how much prestige you have anymore, and fame. Yeah, well, you're famous. I still know who you are, Guns and Roses. Still I still
0: listen to Welcome to the Jungle I still, and Paradise City. And-
1: I do have, a, <laughs> I do have the the one good album you ever put out. That is Appetite for Destruction. <laughs> I don't know what you've done since then, so I don't care. But um, a lot of cocaine. <laughs> um, I mean, but I I get. We've talked about this before. You absolutely have to defend your copyright if you don't defend it you lose it exactly so it sort of makes sense and oscar blues is making merchandise uh with the guns and rosé
0: oh they made some merch as well oh yeah you're
1: fucked they they made hats they made i know they made hats and they know they made patches or something so although although i headline this with rock stars being dicks uh i i have to honestly say i'm not what's up with the brewers here being dicks (laughs) Oscar Blues, you thought I should have thought that one out a little bit more, right? I feel like somebody should have said, hey, has anyone consulted with uh, Guns N' Roses?
0: Well, that was like Sweetwater Brewing out of Atlanta, Georgia, did a beer uh, when Kanye West released his Life of Pablo album uh, a couple years ago. Um, and they did a beer where they took his exact like album cover and made that the beer label. Oh, but I instead remember of Life of Pablo everywhere, it said, we missed the old Kanye. And then they didn't advertise this really at all. And then sold it as quick as they could. So that way, when Kanye West people came in and were like, hey, you need a you need a stop. stop we said we did. They're like, okay, yeah, we will we'll recall any that our distributors have left. Well, as soon as like that word got out Everyone flooded all the stores, wiped it out, so the distributors barely had anything to send back because everyone's like, oh, that's fantastic. If you're going to do that, you do it that way. Slow clap, Sweetwater. Oscar Blues
1: is insisting that they are going to continue to sell the beer until 2020. What? So they're going to... I don't know if they're fighting it. They're definitely not ceasing nor desisting, at least not immediately, so... I guess we get to watch uh, yet another lawsuit in the uh,
0: in the making. We'll see how this uh, pads out. Just just admit defeat. Oh, <laughs> uh, what do we got up next here, Jeremy? Monks making beer news now. Oh yes, I did hear about this.
1: Yeah. So um, monks at the uh, Grimbaron. How do you do? You know how to pronounce this? No fucking clue. All right. So uh, so apologies. We are going to probably Grimbragan. Grim. I, I thought it was Grimbergen, but...
0: I know I's and E's make a similar sound in German. So. All right.
1: So, anyway, again, we're going to absolutely butcher the name of this place. So, uh, Grim Virgin, um Abbey res- is resurrecting a series of beers made from a recipe book that's uh, over 200 years old.
0: I was going to say, so the last time they made beer in this Abbey, the United States wasn't even of legal drinking age. The, the United States was 20 <laughs> years old. <laughs> and yet i'm pretty
1: sure that america was drinking heavily. Oh, in fact, 100%. in fact i've got proof that it was because and we'll get to that, but one of their recipes yeah proves that. oh, lead in. well, it's kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but one of the recipe one of the recipes they found in this uh, in this book and the book itself is kind of interesting. it was rescued from the library uh, during a fire that was set during the french revolution. mm mm-hmm. mhm. And they cut a hole in the wall of the library and were sneaking out like three hundred some books. Damn! Um, this being among them, um, the book was written in um, in Latin and Old Dutch, so they actually needed the help of a local another local monastery to help translate them. Okay. But um, the what one of the recipes in there was for what's as near as I can tell is maybe a Belgian tripel aged in bourbon barrels. Oh wow! And it's going to be an ex- bre- it's going to be a brewery exclusive at the monastery, but it but the uh, recipe itself does call for French oak bourbon barrels, which had to have come from America, yeah, because that's what that's where bourbon comes from. Um, they they pour this tripel in there, and then they p- repitch the yeast to referment in the barrel. So it's supposed to that's supposed to create more of those phenolic Belgian esters. Um, along with, of course, the wood and the bourbon and the vanilla and all the things that come from bourbon, bourbon barrel
0: aging. And any other random bacterias left in the bourbon barrel.
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, I guess there's there's something for you uh, uh, craft beer fans.
0: Bourbon barrel aging. Over 200 years old. <laughs> um, and I did see that their name already appears on some Belgian beer, thanks to some licensing deals they cut with Carlsberg and... A Heineken-owned company, Alcon Mace. so they are each contract brewing some beers in their name since they haven't been brewing, but there's still beers out there in their name. I I personally want to try the beers that they brew for the first time in two hundred some years. I'm I definitely want, especially
1: now. The, the interesting thing is, I think a lot of these are going to be like brewery exclusive mm-hmm. to a. They, they've got a they're they're opening up a tap room and restaurant in the monastery, which that sounds like fun. I want to go. I want to
0: go to there. <laughs> One time, I went to a party in college, and as I was walking up to this house in the foothills, I want to see how this is
1: going to end up in a monastery because I'm pretty sure this is the, wherever this story ends. The opposite of a monastery. No, it'll tie in. Okay. Me.
0: And as I was walking up to this house in the foothills, I go, "This is a bad idea. I'm gonna get drunk and break something." <laughs> <laughs> uh, So as I'd be walking into that tap room in the monastery, I'd be like, this is a bad idea. I'm going to get drunk and break something.
1: Well, the good news is, is the monastery has already burnt down three times. Let's make it a fourth. So, worst case scenario, you just add a fourth and you know they can get those books out. They're they're (laughs) goddamn good at that now. And I just said monks are goddamn good at something. I'm going to hell when I die.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, no... Uh, I heard something, I don't know if you have it, but they'll end up using the proceeds to help, uh, bring in some more monks and further some projects.
1: I don't have that. I am mean, mostly, I got, I just got fascinated by the story of this, this recipe book that, uh, that it was that old and, and got, uh, and, and, uh, got rescued. Although I was a little interested because we've mentioned Carlsberg
0: mm-hmm. on
1: this, uh, on this show before I'm, I'm kind of happy that they are somehow involved. In this case, not making the uh, the the worst beer ever made. <laughs> no, uh- but you're right. I mean, so Grim Virgin has had beer made under their name for a while. In fact, um, one of my coworkers who grew up in France uh, mentioned that that yeah, it's famous over there. So, but the 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 interesting thing is that yeah, now they are starting to brew at the brewery using techniques and. Uh, recipes that are over 200 years old I wish they went into more detail about the techniques because Mm -hmm. as somebody who's I've tried to do some research into medieval uh brewing techniques and god the there's just no information any books that I found on medieval brewing talk about the economics of it and not how they did it except for like very 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 uh broad things I know they fermented in, in wooden vessels for the most part and that's about it mostly open fermentation um although fun fact um the the Grimbergen
0: monks at the time were one of the first monks to actually use hops in their beer oh wow i was gonna say and uh one of them is actually going to formal training so he can run the microbrewery um so that way they can make sure that they are trying to produce quality beer
1: I mean, you know, using recipes that are 200 years old. How could you possibly go wrong? There was they they did mention they were a little bit worried that the uh, that they wouldn't translate very well in the modern times, just because the for tech- the
0: next couple of years it'll be the novelty of trying, and I think they'll probably add some different beers that'll translate to the modern time over in Belgium, but they can if they're using that older. If they keep a couple of those older recipes on, people will find it fun if they're like, "Hey, this is the beer that this monastery used to make when 220 years ago." So, I, I mean, I, I again, I want to go to there. I
1: want to. I do too. Just, just the, just the knowledge of like, wow, this is. I mean, I get a little, I, I, I get a little bit hard drinking Midas touch from Dogfish Head, so you know, <laughs> kind of a geek that way. <laughs> All right. Got a little follow up coming here, don't we? Uh, so an update on a story we did a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, we were talking about um, uh, the the Texas legislators' effort to try to uh, try to legalize craft beer to go. Um, if you missed our story, the it was essentially this: um, Texas has some of the most arcane brew laws. Anywhere. I mean, they're... they're and this even, is coming from people in Idaho, so check yourself. I Really, yeah. If, if they're worse than ours, and they are slightly worse than ours, um, you need to re-examine with the, yourself, and to their credit, they are actually. What happens is, every 20 or 30 years or so, they bring out these rel- uh, regulatory agencies bring them up in front of the legislature and say, hey, let's talk about your rules. Maybe let's change some of them. Among the ones on the, uh, on the being discussed was the beer-to-go issue when it comes to microbreweries. Right now, the, you cannot get a growler or you cannot sell packaged beer out of your microbrewery. But that looks like it's probably going to change.
0: Yeah, so it looks like on Wednesday, Texas senators unanimously passed uh, the legislation to maintain operations of the state's alcohol regulatory body uh to ink on the bill that the senate passed is this craft beer to go Uh, apparently it's going to the house of representatives now uh for concourse um according to the article on brewbound there's going to be some people familiar with the process expect the measure to easily pass and then advance to the governor's desk
1: Um, And the, and that little, the concourse seems more like a formality than anything else. It just, I think I, that sounds like a strange quirk in Texas um, legislative order. I'm not familiar with that in any other state legislature, but it sounds like just a, hey, it goes to the House, it goes to the Senate, and then they have to go back to the House just to make sure nothing changed too wildly.
0: Yeah. So here's, uh, in the article, they also kind of give a cliff notes version of the bill Uh, The bill will allow consumers to purchase up to one case of beer, so 288 fluid ounces, per day from the state's manufacturing breweries beginning September 1st of this year. Those sales do count towards their 5,000 barrel cap that's in place for on-premise taproom sales. So if you make over 5,000 barrels a year, you can't sell beer at your taproom. So, I don't know, this...
1: Victory for craft beer, I think, largely because the whole the whole point of this, the why this was an issue, was among among the arcane laws. But um, it really helps a small business to be able to sell your product out, you know, out your door to directly to your consumers for obvious reasons.
0: Yeah, and it's it's the perfect add on sale. If you have someone who's sitting in your tap room having three or four pints, and then before. When they go to close out, you go, "Oh, would you like a six pack or some bottles to go?" Most people will be like, "Ah, yeah, you know what? I'll take some more to go with me." Yeah, I mean, and you're
1: especially trying to get trying to get your beer as a small brewery onto store shelves. I, as I'm sure as someone who's done this, you can testify that it's at best a minor nightmare. Yes. At worst, just a goddamn Sisyphian haul. <laughs> 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 yes. So be, so that, that's good news for, for smaller craft breweries in Texas. Um, I like this quote. Um, this, uh, this came from uh, Adam DeBauer out of uh, Austin Beer Works. Um, five weeks ago, I would have told you we had a 1% chance. Now I feel like we have a 1% chance of not doing it. So that sounds like, a, that sounds like good news all the way around. Oh, yeah. So well done, Texas. Uh, you managed to not fuck this up. I, they still got a chance. I, they still have it. Okay. All you have to do is now. All you have to do is not fuck it up. Just say yes. <laughs> Just Texas House. will... they'll bring you beer. I think. I think we can get. I don't want to speak for all of Texas breweries, but here I'm going to right now. Um, if you pass this, they'll bring you beer. That's that's a pro, that's a promise that cannot be withheld or cannot be held up in any court. So there you go. <laughs> Take that for what it's worth, which is essentially nothing. <laughs>
0: Yes. All right, Tyler, anything to add today? Uh no, I think that about wraps it up for me.
1: All right. Well, this has been It's All Beer. Uh you can reach us by uh Twitter or Facebook at It's All Beer. Although fun fact, apparently it's on Twitter it's It's All Beer1 because someone already has It's All Beer and it took me a whole fucking brick. 6 episodes to notice. <laughs> <laughs> But you know you can you can find us there at at craft beer one and uh, you could be one of our three followers which um, which um, I thought it was it's all beer one not craft beer one it's all beer it's all beer one okay do I need to, do I need to start this again no just keep going okay we're well, we're powering through this it's <laughs> be one of those days um, or by email at itsallbeer at gmail.com. that one I'm sure of. Music was Retro Future Dirty by Kevin MacLeod, and yes, I have been mispronouncing it this entire time. <laughs> Thank you, Danielle, for pointing that out to me. <laughs> so, anyway, Retro Future Dirty by Kevin McLeod at idcuptech.com. and be sure to rate, us, rate this podcast and leave out where I'm mispronouncing names and uh, and not remembering what my actual Twitter handle is. Just Let's just go on to uh, the actual podcast, which is fucking fantastic. Tyler, can you disagree with that statement? No, it's pretty fucking awesome. It's it's probably the best thing out there right now on the internet at all. Next to porn. Even better than some porn. Maybe not Game of Thrones, but... <laughs> Alright, well that's all from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. Go have a beer.
0: Enjoy.